This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is intriguing, Medical Manslaughter, based on a true story. And the uh, subtitle, Will Your Doctor Cause Your Death? Best-selling author Gloria J. York joins me. Welcome to the program. It's wonderful to be with you, Jay. This is a fascinating title. Uh, to look at it, it sounds uh, as though it may be an adventure into reality. How would you describe your book? What's the style of your book? What is it about? My book is about my husband, who passed away six years ago. And he died due to Dr. Air, wow. Dr. making a, a major mistake. Um, I have learned that records are showing nearly 400,000 patients are dying due to doctors making mistakes. So we really have an epidemic going on here. Well, I, you don't have a disagreement from, from me on this end. I've had a, uh, a relative that was in the hospital and suffered some very serious uh, issues because of the way he was taken care of, um, partially because he is, uh, he is, I'll call him emotionally, mentally challenged. He's, he has uh, autism to some degree, very bright in many areas, but was suffering deep pain, and they, they wouldn't address it. I mean, they their basic reaction was, well, we should have just tied him down. You know, it was a, it was a very inhumane um, experience that we had. His recovery has been very slow. And uh, uh, I also have doctors in the medical profession who are among the best in the nation. Even they have some hesitation about uh, who they're going to use if they need surgery themselves. How long ago did this happen, Gloria? It'll be six years this coming January. Six years. And the the story, though, did you also sort of, I mean, you've changed the names and, and some of the content of the book. Was it also written as a, um, a novel in some regard? Uh, you have 462 pages. There's a lot of uh, material can be shared in that uh, space. Oh, absolutely. It had to be written as fiction. First, I started to write it as nonfiction, but the publisher said, I'm not going to publish it. You're going to get us all sued. So I had to start from square one. And all that I changed was the names of the doctors, the names of the hospital, nursing home, and even our names. So in the book, my husband is Nick, and I am Gabriella Carcioni. And so those, that's the only thing that really is fiction. Uh, all, everything else is true. These are facts. And so this is the first book that has ever been written that takes you through the whole trauma and drama of of how it all occurred that took a man that was healthy, uh, was invigorated, was successful, was well-known, and actually um, forcing him, uh, the mistake forced him into a coma. Wow. And uh, what I'd like to do is um, I just would like to highlight 
uh, like five or six points that the, anyone reading the book and everyone reading the book will learn from it. And the first thing is something that you laid on very right from the beginning is being an advocate. You will learn how to be a superior advocate for the person laying in the bed. And you, as the patient, you'll learn how you can be an advocate for yourself. From that point, um, you'll get tips on how to bring someone out of a coma because the mistake put my husband in a coma for 34 days and the doctors told me he would never come out of a coma and actually said to me, let him die. Wow. And I, of course, refused and brought him out of that coma. Also, the story will teach you about what living in a nursing home is really like, that there is a big difference in hospice providers, so be careful. Mm -hmm. The story takes a, a spiritual twist and, and shows you six miracles that occurred, including a never found to fail prayer to the Blessed Mother. Whether you're Catholic or not, doesn't matter. This prayer works. Mm. And then finally, it proves to you that there is life after death, that those who are dead are not gone. So believe in the supernatural because it's real. Well, that's that's an encouragement to many people uh, who who have lost uh, loved ones either in a hospice care or in in medical care. Now, you say there is a difference difference between hospice and and uh, uh, hospice care and uh, some of the other providers that are out there. I think I know the difference, but share with us uh, your observations about hospice care in particular. Okay, and as the story will show you, I chose the wrong hospice provider. I had reasons for choosing the one that I did because I thought it was connected to the doctor and, and this way I'd have, you know, everybody on the same page. But when you're looking for a hospice provider, uh, really have them outline everything they'll offer. Is, is there care 24-7? Can you call any time, day or night, uh, seven days a week, even holidays? What is um, their mindset? Uh, the one in the book, the mindset was very negative. Wow. It's like he's home on hospice. Okay, tomorrow he should die. Wow. I mean, it just was so negative and down. And it doesn't have to be that way because some people do recover on hospice. And then hospice isn't needed anymore. So it's so important to always be positive, think positive, and, of course, express positive words. Absolutely, and that works in all areas of life, not just in the medical area, of course. Uh, we we had a, a well a, a parent who was living with us for a short period of time and uh, had some health issues, and she was 91. But as the end-of-life uh, process was uh, underway, or we felt it was, we had, I, I'm guessing it was hospice, came to, to attend her, and we felt like they were kind of hurrying up the process. Um, she was not a person who ever took medication or anything, and uh, they served her a heavy dose of some very uh, serious drugs, and that seemed to expedite the uh, the the end of life uh, process and we have regrets about that um, it, it is important that you you be an advocate for not only the patient but also yourself as you have mentioned uh, i think we're making the turn at least culturally where we believe that doctors are infallible and is that something that you have found in in writing this well it's important 
for you to choose an advocate while you're healthy. And at this time of the year, around Christmas time or any of these holidays, it's the perfect time to bring this subject up and discuss it. And while you're healthy, select who you would want to be your advocate. And it doesn't have to be just one person. Select two or three because you're going to ask that person, if I'm in the hospital, will you come visit me every single day? Will you check me and see if I don't have any rashes or if the bed linens are changed? Will you talk with the nurses and definitely talk with the doctor face-to-face, find out how I'm doing, what we can do better so I can get well and get home? And so you want to do this while you're healthy. The story itself, the predicate that began the journey of of, uh, serious illness from the hospital stay, was the initial visit to the hospital, the initial surgery or incident, something that would have been considered routine or relatively minor? Yes, my husband collapsed at, at home, and when he was collapsing, he hit his head three times, was rushed to the hospital. The hospital said, you have blood all over your brain and inside your brain, and we need to transfer you to a larger hospital that has a neurological department. They sent him over to ICU. He was there three days, and he had, of course, a lot of head pain. That's from the pressure of the blood up there. And so the doctors noticed that the blood started to go into the body and said, you know what, I'm going to send you up to a regular floor. You need some rehab, and you'll be home in three days. You're doing great. Hmm. So we were excited about that. He went up to the regular floor, rehab, examined him, tested him, and said, oh, super. We'll We'll come and get you tomorrow. He fell asleep. In walks this doctor, and she said, I've assumed his chart, and I'm going to change a lot of his medicines, and tonight I'm going to give him a sleeping pill. Uh And I said, a sleeping pill, doctor? I said, is that his chart in your hand? Did you read it? Because if you read it, I said, you'll see he's got blood all over his brain, and I'm not in the medical field, but I always heard if a person has a concussion, you want to kind of keep them away. He doesn't need a sleeping pill. Yes, yes, we went back and forth, and finally she got very belligerent and said, I know what I'm doing. And she walked out of the room. So, of course, naturally, you pray on it. You talk to family members, friends, and they go, you know, it doesn't sound right, but she is a doctor. Well, I went out looking for them later on in the day, knowing that he gets his pills at 10 p.m., And so early evening, around 7 or so, couldn't find anyone. It was like everyone went on dinner break at one time. So I figured, okay, I'll go home. It's late. Um, I'll be home in a half hour, and I'll call in. As I walked in the door, the phone was ringing. It was my husband checking to see if I got home okay. And I said, how'd you dial the phone? He said, the nurse is here. I said, great, put her on. I said, listen, I don't want my husband to get this sleeping pill the doctor mentioned today. I know he gets his pills at 10 o'clock. And she said, well, too late. I gave it to him already. Oh, boy. And I said, no, he gets them at 10 o'clock. She goes, I know. I decided to give him all his pills early tonight. Well, when I rushed in the next morning at 8 o'clock, he was already in a coma. And that is what began, actually, the end of his life, Mm. even though I brought him out of the coma. That is an incredible story, incredible story. Um, You have 462 pages in your book, um, a lot of detail. How did you remember the detail? How did you, how were you able to reconstruct in 462 pages the story? I I started a journal, which could be simply a, 
a notebook, which it was, and I wrote down every single day, every doctor I talked to, what the nurses said, what was happening with him, how he felt, uh, the day he went into the coma. Um, I, I just journaled everything, and I recommend that you do that when someone's in the hospital. You think you're going to remember. Trust me, you mm. won't. So you've got to write down all your notes, and especially what doctors and specialists you're talking to, what did they say. Get their business cards, staple it. And I'll tell you one other thing, too, Jay, that occurred, as, and you'll hear about as you read the book. They changed the record on me. Mm-hmm. And that is something no one ever thinks the hospital will do to them, which is criminal. Let's face it. It's right. criminal. But how how can you prove it? According to attorneys, you cannot. Ouch. Was there any litigation involved in the death of your husband? I sent... I called this one large firm, and they were real excited about it, you know, excited the fact that, oh, you do have a case here. Um, and and But when I mentioned the name of the hospital, all of a sudden the conversation went cold. Wow. And then they called me back in a couple of days and said, um, you know, we decided we, we don't want to take your case. Incredible. And so that's fine. So I waited a couple more weeks saw another ad, a larger firm, and I called them. He said, send me all the records, and I did. I sent all the records down. He called me back, the the, um, major um, uh, partner in the firm, and he said, what day did you say your husband went into a coma? I said, July 27th. He said, did you read the records? I said, no, I didn't read it, like three feet high. He said, let me read it to you. July 27th, patient alert and anxious to go home. July 28th. Patient alert and anxious to go home. July 29th. I said, no, no, he was in a coma, 34 days. He said, my dear, the doctor and the nurse went in and changed the record on you. You don't have a leg to stand on. In court, the doctor is God. You are nothing. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to pack this up and send it all back to you. There's nothing you can do. I said, yes, there is something I can do. I said, I'm a writer, and I promise you, I'll have the last word. Gloria, you mentioned something else that is a little out of the ordinary regarding the death and passing of your husband. Share that with the audience. Yes, nearly a year after he passed, one evening, my husband walked into our bedroom, and he was so real, so solid. I actually thought it was an intruder, a robber. And I took my breath away. I I dropped to my knees. And when I looked at his face and saw it was him, he saw the shock on my face and immediately then he disappeared. Hmm. But it, it was truly miraculous, tremendously metaphysical and supernatural. Here's someone that has been gone for over a year and yet he had the energy and all to walk into our bedroom. And i it's something that I know a lot of people are going to find hard to believe, but what I say is just because our loved ones are gone, they're still with us. In many ways, they're still with us. They see us. They hear us. And so do talk to them because they don't want to be forgotten, and they still love us from whatever dimension they're in. 
They still are connected to us. Wow. This is an amazing story, amazing story. And and uh, unfortunately, one that uh, as a consumer of medical care, you and I and, and others need to read this. Uh, where can they get a copy of Medical Manslaughter? It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. If you don't have a computer, walk into Barnes & Noble. They'll order it for you. Actually, any retail bookstore will order it for you. And, of course, it is available on authorhouse.com, or you can go to my website, Gloria J. York, and York is Y-O-R-K-E, E for exceptional, <laughs> uh-huh. .us, GloriaJYork.us. Well, it's a, a tragic but fascinating story that you've shared. And again, the title of the book is Medical Manslaughter, based on a true story. And the subtitle, Will Your Doctor Cause Your Death? And the author, best-selling author, Gloria J. York. Uh, and again, part of the reason you have written this is to alert people and to get them to be uh, knowledgeable about their medical care and things they need to be aware of uh, in regard to surgeries and, and so on. Is there anything else that you want to share? You know, in order to write it, uh, I had to relive it. It took me three and a half years to write this because I had to open up all those wounds again. And it, it was very heartbreaking for me to relive this story. But the only thing that kept me going was I want people to learn from what happened here because I don't want it to happen to them. So the whole premise of writing it was to save lives. If you read this, you'll become more knowledgeable, you'll become stronger, you'll know where you stand. Just because you're an advocate, you're important. And what you say is important. And in your will, you would designate a power of attorney for your health, and you would let that person know that, give them a copy of that part of your will. Because when you start speaking in the hospital, they say, and who are you? And you say, well, I'm the power of attorney. Mm. And they say, well, can you give me some proof of that? And then then they start to take you semi-serious at that point. But you learn you're not the third man out. No, you have a very important say. Fascinating. Thank you, Gloria, for sharing your story and the courage to come forward and uh, tell the truth about what does happen behind closed doors and in the medical profession. Uh, A lot of us have suspicions, but uh, you have shared your personal story, and it certainly is uh, one that was based on tragedy, but I think will help many, many people who will read this. Uh, Listeners, get a copy of this book. The title, again, is Medical Manslaughter, based on a true story, best-selling author, Gloria J. York. Thank you for joining me today, Gloria. Thank you, Jay Douglas. My pleasure. Pleasure to visit with you. For Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's 
S C O T T at T O G I N E T R A D I O dot com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is The Spirit Within, and joining me from Florida is author. Dr. Jan H. Robertson. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you for having me. This is a, a, a book, and looking at your history in uh, career moves and career activities, you are a very busy guy, if I may use that uh, common term. Uh, you've had a, you have a, 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 a doctorate degree in music education. You directed the Redlands Symphony Orchestra in Redlands, California. Uh, you're now involved in music again, but you're in Florida. Uh, why, and, 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 I might add, uh, you have been a pastor of a church. Why have you been so busy, and what motivates you to stay active? That is a good question, and I've, it's a question I've been asking myself for the last uh, 70 years. Why <laughs> Why am I so busy? Yeah, what is this all about? <laughs> well, you know, um, during my uh, period in uh California, I pastored a, a fellowship for uh, 14 years. Uh, at the same time, uh, was uh, head of the School of Music at UCLA, Alpert mm. uh, School of Music. Um, being being busy is, uh, I don't know, a part of my part of my nature. Um, I used that period of time certainly as in my pastoring. Uh, to um, write this this uh, this book, and uh, it was the outcome of a number of uh, sermons that I had done over a period of time, and uh, the congregation uh, felt uh, moved to ask me to put it down on, on 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 paper. And so, amidst this intense busyness, this is how I. Uh, became involved in in in, in writing. Uh, well, you, this particular. you you must have been a great uh, pastoral uh, pulpit uh, preacher because uh, your book is only 108 pages long, and if this is over many sermons, then uh, I guess you're one of those guys that gets to the point very quickly. Uh, am I misreading that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, to, to 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 some degree, you know. Um, Preaching is 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 one means of communication uh, of the gospel. When you when you uh, write, at least I feel uh, there 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 is a difference in in how you you uh, present you present the subject matter, and I feel that brief and uh, to the point gives opportunity. Uh, for the spirit to to work with the reader and do more elaborative work that is necessary to do. Absolutely. Now, because you were living in California and there is a preponderance of New Age thought there, the term spirit within could take on many connotations. Uh, what is your interpretation of the spirit within and how did you uh, display it or talk about it in your book? Well, you know... Um, the uh, there's a passage of scripture uh, in the book of Job 
uh, Job is going through a very difficult time and so forth, and a young man by the name of Elihu uh, comes to talk to him, and uh, he makes the statement, there is a spirit in man, mm-hmm. and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Um, this this spirit of God, uh, which we know it to be the Holy Spirit uh, that communicates with our spirit, um, is the spirit that I am talking about. Yes. Um, and it's, it's of interest to me that uh, the book of Job, which is the only non-Judaic book in the Old Testament, um, uh, uses uses this level of communication between uh, the Holy Spirit and uh, and our spirit, the spirit that that is in man. Um, and so, part of of what I was trying to uh, say in 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 uh, that part of the that part of the book was that. Um, God has and continues uh, to speak uh, to individuals through their spirit um, and does so universally, uh, does so without uh, uh, being conscious of uh, any particular religious uh, uh, teaching uh, or, or church affiliation that um, this communication is directly uh, from God uh, to, to humanity. And we need to be aware of that and to understand how this works. I then, in turn, use a biblical uh, uh, evidence to, to back that, that concept up. Uh, yes, if I remember from my studies or my uh, reader, reading, I think the book of, uh, of Romans talks about uh, humankind being without excuse. Uh, there is uh, an evidence of God, and, and uh, perhaps exactly. that's addressed in there. In there. Exactly, exactly. And the, the, the concept, you know, when we talk about spreading the gospel uh, uh, of, of, of uh, salvation, uh, throughout the world, uh, you have to ask the question, um, what about the periods of time uh, when communication uh, was was inaccessible? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, John the Revelator points out at the end of time that there is this multitude of individuals um, who, uh, who are overjoyed at the fact that they have received salvation of every tribe, tongue, language, people, uh, culture. And you have to ask the question, how did these individuals uh, receive this information, uh, the saving information? Um, you know, there is no Internet, uh, and there are remote places of the, remote places of the world where uh, it's not going to get they're not going to to get individuals uh, to come there and preach the gospel. Uh, you say, well, what about the Bible? Well, the Bible is not even translated into into every language uh, under the sun. And so uh, this idea that 
God can and does communicate through the Holy Spirit to our spirit with with saving information um, is basically what my book is 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 uh, advocating. In these uh, 108 pages, you have, uh, of course, of course, given a. a an extensive uh, appreciation on the forward uh, to daughters and uh, and your your spouse and others that have uh, been influences and influencers on the completion of this book in this 108 pages what is your ultimate goal what are you wanting to to accomplish with it is this a book designed specifically for people who are in the church community or would someone else also find maybe some direction for their life no, it, it, it's for all. It's for all concerned. The church community is only is only a, a, a portion of who I think the readers uh, would would find value. It's uh, it's designed to uh, to be of value and of uh, saving grace to virtually anybody that can anybody that reads it. You mentioned that this was an outcropping or an out uh, an outgrowth of uh, some of your sermons. Did you have to go back and listen to yourself uh, over all the to, in order to research this book, or was this all fresh material? No, just fresh material. This is <laughs> well, as I as I uh, uh, wanted to understand more clearly the work of the Holy Spirit uh, and and it how it how it. Uh, Acts interacts with with humanity. Um, this was something that I needed to research research in a yet deeper way than than, than just in sermons sermon form. Sure. And Pastor, how long did it take to complete this uh, 106 or 108 pages of uh, of good material? Oh, it took about two years to do that. And is this the first book you've written, or are there others out in yes. the marketplace? No. Uh, the first one? No, this is, this is the first one. And I, I, I'm not really sure uh, that there is another one uh, hmm. there. I felt that, that this this one I felt compelled to do. Right. Uh, I, I never thought that I would write a book. It is not something that I, you know, have been... Uh, Planning. Oh my! I've, I've got to write a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's uh, it's when I, in fact, when I I read it back and I say to myself, I'm not even sure how did I write this, or it's it uh, it is it was drawn drawn to do to do this in a very uh, spiritual way that uh, I kind of had no choice. Uh, again, it's 108 pages. Uh, was there anything that perhaps became an enlightenment for you in your studies, or something that was unusual? Uh, yes, it, it, the fact that this concept of God uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, speaking to all humanity. Uh, indeed, as Roman, as, as Paul says, uh, no one is without excuse. Uh, you know, I didn't hear, I didn't know, I, uh, uh, none of this. Uh, how much, how uh, the number of uh, texts that that speak to this uh, reality? Uh, we tend to think of, of 
you know, the, the gospel and the communication of the gospel only in terms of ch- church, uh, organized, organized religion. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, the, the more I studied this, uh, it just became very, very clear to me that um, there, this goes far beyond just the reach of organized uh, religion. You know, one, 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 one church group says, you know, you, you can't find salvation unless you belong strictly to us mm-hmm. versus another. And therefore, what I was writing about uh, debunks that <laughs> and, and, and says, no, this is not, this is not the case. That this, this, this uh, ability to communicate uh, God's saving grace um, is 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 available virtually to every human being uh, through the through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, beautifully put. You have a music degree. How do, it, has that uh, interspersed or inner inner? Uh, it, has there been an inner? communication between your music and your spiritual growth, uh, your spiritual work? I mean, have they worked together, in other words? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, you know, I think uh, music is is such a universal uh, language uh, of communication of, of uh, ideas. Uh, here again, it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's not isolated to uh, just a few a few people uh, from this economic level or that or this race or that race. Uh, it speaks to something within each individual, and so in the very very much the same way, uh, uh, the, the the saving grace of God is um, is available uh, to. To uh, to all, and through since there is a spirit in every human being, um, we are able to. God is able to communicate uh, this saving grace. So yes, I think I think uh, my my you know my music experience um, uh, has has only made me believe more deeply that this that this is true. Thank you for sharing your story. The title of this book is The Spirit Within. My guest author, Dr. Jan H. Robertson. That's spelled J-O-N for those of us who are going to be doing a search online. And uh, some would pronounce it John, but it's Jan H. Robertson. Sir, where do my listeners get a copy of this? Uh, It's available uh, online, um, uh, Amazon, Neighbor bookstores are, are you know able to to get it are able to uh... excellent and and is your website developed yet or is that in the future? No, I think it's, it, my website is is developed. Very good. If they do a search under your name, they will be able to find this book. And Absolutely. Uh, at uh, some future point, you may get inspired again. Uh, you may want to even take up an offering. I don't know. It's just all <laughs> ne- you never know <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm, 
Fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll help promote you. Just look under the name John, J-O-N, or Jan H. Robertson, and uh, you will be able to find this book, The Spirit Within, and anything else that may uh, come out in the future. Maybe you never know. You might uh, get inspired to to start a website with uh, with advice and, and uh, inspiration. So thank you, sir, for joining me today and sharing your story. Thank you, and may God richly bless you. Yes, God bless you as well. For Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker.